0: that you're born an Italian, if you want your life to be great.
1: See that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola with my partner in crime, the notorious P.O.B., Patrick O'Boyle. We are going to have a conversation that I've been looking forward to for the past couple of weeks Uh we bumped it last week. We wanted to make sure we had our conversation with what was a great cavalcade of guests around Pat's feast. And Pat, you'll be happy to know I've heard from a few people that uh, listened to the episode and they're going to come out and be a part of the feast this coming Saturday.
2: Really? Yeah. They talk to you and not me? They usually talk
1: to me. Well, you know, friends of my wife, their husbands and stuff, They people that... Really? I think so, yeah.
2: Oh, gee. I should. You know what? It's like, it's like people showing up to your house and you're not prepared. It's like having the enemies... <laughs> got company cake,
1: Edmunds? Yeah, the company cake. The company cake. You got to be ready. Hopefully, you have enough uh, kachukavala for everybody to pass around. And oh wow, shucks! I wish I knew. Are you getting excited? Uh, no, I, I, uh, Did you say? Do I get? Am I excited?
2: <laughs> that's How a many dumb years question. do you know me?
1: <laughs> Sorry that's about the most that. That's
2: ridiculous. <laughs> am I excited? <laughs> am I excitable? There's an adjectival for him. No, I have Aja. I have chest pains constantly. And you know that's true. People think it's stick. It's really No, no, it's
1: true. I worry constantly. I worry about everything. You're gonna be uh deep, deep into it in the next couple of days. I mean, right around the corner.
2: It's a lot of stress. I wish I had if I had my own church. People don't know what I mean by that. If I had my own facility and I didn't have to move everything. Moving stuff is the biggest Yes pain in the neck. I always thought that when I
1: when I did the NIAF gala, I always used to think to myself, man, it'd be great if we just had like a giant An warehouse, attic. yeah, like a, a big place. Big yeah. yeah so we yeah, could yeah. have our own universe, and it's hard coming into another facility. It's just, you know, it's a lot of work. It, it definitely is, but it's going to be, God willing, a great day. And uh, you know what? Like you always say, when you do things for our lady, they usually turn out all right. You know.
2: Yes, yeah, true. That's true. God, God, it always kinds of comes together, but doesn't mean I don't have like panic attacks.
1: <laughs> no, you'll be anxious. This starts
2: or... the the rogation of panic attacks.
1: <laughs> You're gonna be chest pains. Yeah,
2: I the first time I did it, I'm being very honest. I remember the panic attack I had that morning when I woke up. Yeah, I can't blame you. I don't know if it's a pan. I don't know a panic attack is an actual clinical term. Am I correct? Like I don't know. Chest pains. Does that qualify? You probably had intense agita. Oh my god, there are more people because I worry all the time.
1: I know, I know you do, but it.
2: I I can only control. Um, see, and I don't want to say anything because then I jinx stuff.
1: Yeah. No, don't say nothing. The horns. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Spit on the ground. Pooh. That's right. Yeah, give Remember yourself I a Whenever so yeah, I say something, say
2: yeah. Wanna, after the fact.
1: Yeah, be cautious. I can't well, believe
2: you use the word are you excited.
1: <laughs> I know, I should have known. I don't
2: think anyone's are you excited? Are you excited? What
1: does get you excited? What what I've never probably never seen you excited. Oh, you know when I saw excited? At the uh Debbie Gibson concert.
2: Yeah, because that was that was fun. That's true. And I didn't have to worry about anything.
1: Yeah, that's the most Carefree.
2: Like I was just a passenger on your ship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You like song and dance. I've seen you a couple of nights when we've had like Neapolitan sing-alongs. You you kind of let loose on those. When there's no stress, you're you're done yeah, with I'm you know. funny, it's
2: just I'm always worried about it. I always got something I always have responsibilities.
1: Yeah. It's nice to see when you could have levity.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's happened like three or four times. <laughs> the Debbie Gibson concert was one. That was S- that was really the mixed tape tour.
1: Yeah, it was. Technically all the 80s, 90s.
2: So you you understood a huge part of my psyche when you saw that.
1: Yes, I did. They
2: were the children of the Ronald Reagan years.
1: All in one arena. Beat the Russians, the
2: whole, you know, challenger and all the stuff that we saw in the 80s that kind of the Golden Girls, all those, you know, the Cosby show, I guess, which now is in a different light than it was when it was then and family ties and, you know.
1: Yeah, it was your uh, demographic, your, your, everybody just in one place, in one big arena. And
2: Now you're now you, you leading me down that Pat Tangent road. I have often wondered how I would demarcate, like, generationally when the 80s ended.
1: It's a great question.
2: Was it in 92? Was it the Persian Gulf War in 91? Was it the election of Bill Clinton in 92? Yeah. Did the 80s really... Because the 90s, I think what the... The 80s and the 90s were prosperous years, but I think that the 90s are defined by technology. Yes. So I would say maybe 92 because email, the t- first time I saw the internet, I hadn't even heard of the internet was Super Bowl Sunday, 1993. Wow. I can tell you where I was. That was the first time I had heard of it. And the first time I had heard of email was September of 1993. So if you take the internet and email, So that's like a six-month period, basically, when the two great defining factors of my generation. You know, I tell um I tell the students all the time, when I started college in the fall of nineteen ninety-three, papers were typed on typewriters. Sure. And when I graduated in the spring of ninety-seven, uh, the spring of ninety-seven was the first time I used the uh, I guess it was Microsoft Word. You think about
1: that break, you know, technology the the. Arrival of the internet in people's consciousness—not necessarily their homes. I mean, we didn't get the internet in our home until 98, 99, something like that. I remember it very specifically. Uh, you know, the end of uh, the election in ninety-two, uh, Bill Clinton, a young, new, forward-looking um,
2: president. Yeah, but you know, you know what defines Bill Clinton, Sean? Yeah, he was a boomer. Yeah, that was the big. It was the generation. Yeah,
1: exactly. He was. He was, he was not like a World War II vet like George H. W. Bush was, and. George H.W. Bush was this cold warrior the cold war had ended it's a, it's appropriate that we talk about that today because it's 30 years ago and it's it's really starting to feel like 30 years ago you know it feels like ancient history and it was in that sort of late 80s early 90s period uh, the last time the team we came here to talk about today SSC Napoli the Neapolitan Soccer Club Football Club however you want to say it calcio in Italian uh, we're the champions of Italy, and uh, for those who are fans of Italian soccer, I'm going to keep saying soccer because we have a primarily American audience, and if I say football, it's going to be really confusing, but for those who are Italian soccer fans, uh, Serie A, the, the highest league in Italy, I'm sure you've been watching this whole season-long story arc, and even those who are kind of casual fans, I've noticed that uh, coverage of the Italian Serie A and, and Napoli in particular has really turned up the volume this year because it's such a... Herculean story, such a, a a great story, and people obviously attached to great stories. And uh it's thirty three years since it's happened uh, for Barcelona That's for, an Abadan word for yeah. thirty three years old. Yeah. The year Christ, which yes, comes
2: from Tombola.
1: Is that right? I didn't even know that. Yeah,
2: yeah. When they call thirty three in Tombola, I
1: didn't know that.
2: Twenty
1: three, Took a lifetime of Christ for the team to win again, and uh I just, I mean, I, I'm sure, Pat, you saw the celebrations everybody was just hysterical throughout the city. But we're gonna talk a little bit about why this is historic, not just because a team that hasn't won one, but because of the sort of numbers and balance and what's been the history of this Italian uh Serie A, the the prime league in Italy. And we have two guests on today from the tri state area. But uh the New York
2: Tri State area.
1: Yes, I'm sorry, the New York Tri are many tri state yes, you, someone's
2: right. gonna say you what tri state area?
1: Exactly, you're right. They're from the New York Tri State area. And uh they are Not just fans of the team, but they're actually uh, part of the leadership of the Tri-State Napoli Club, which is a fan club here in the New York uh, Tri-State area for fans of SSC Napoli. So I'm very happy to welcome Louis Castro and Gaetano Salazzo of the Tri-State Napoli Club to the Italian American Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thanks for having us.
0: Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's great. uh, It's great to have you guys. Louis. You sent me a text and said, hey, you want to talk about this? I thought it was a fantastic idea. So thank you for uh, for taking the initiative and uh, recognizing the Italian-American podcast as a place to talk about what's happening in Italy and making waves around the diaspora. Obviously, this is a very, very big deal. Can you give us a sense of what this 33 years has been like? I mean, the the wait for Napoli, it's been on bated breath for probably 33 years, correct? I'd say so. Absolutely. Uh, 33 excruciating long
3: years. Uh, and Napoli's once the champions again. I mean, I'm 30 years old. I don't remember the last time Napoli won. And Gaetano, wow. maybe, maybe you do, but I don't, A little you bit. know.
1: Yeah.
3: Right. And I came of age. I mean, I, when I started watching it, Napoli was in Serie C. Yeah. You know, so I never, I missed out on those golden years in Maradona. And uh, I had to watch this club
1: crawl its way back into Serie A. So you mentioned Serie C. Right, the third league in Italy, uh, let's explain to the casual listener who's maybe not uh, a fan or a follower exactly how the Italian soccer structure works because it's not like the leagues in the United States, even even though we have minor leagues and things like that. Um, there, there's relegation. There's a lot of movement. The championship is determined in a way that's very different than the way we do it with these sort of uh, post-regular season tournaments that we have now, primarily in our four or five now major uh, sports leagues. So can one of you guys, or both of you guys, kind of give our audience, for those who might know nothing about soccer in Italy, a little bit of a history of uh, at least Serie A?
0: Yeah, so great question. Uh, and to your point, it's much different than our four major sports um, here in the United States, uh, where... You know the main league, the main league is Serie A, which is the top tier. If you want to equate it to Major League Baseball, right? Uh, and then there's Serie B, that would be the, you know, Triple A or Double A. But to your point, um, teams can come and go from those leagues year to year. So the bottom three teams from Serie A get relegated back to Serie B, and then the top three teams, top, yeah, including a playoff, they do a little playoff there, uh, in Serie B, go up to Serie A. And so forth. And then there's also a Serie, Serie C, which the bottom three teams from Serie B go down to Serie C, and the top three teams from Serie C go up to, to Serie B. So it's a little bit convoluted, but it's basically a big tournament, season-long tournament with points. So uh kind of like a hockey season, a win gets you three points, uh, a draw gets you one, or a tie gets you one point, and a loss, obviously, you get zero points. There is no overtimes. There is none of that. You just play until the 90 minutes, um, and at the end of the game, you the result dictate dictates how many points you get. So unlike American sports, the team that has the most points at the end of the um, season uh, wins the Scudetto or the championship. Uh, in our case, this year, we've dominated the league so, so much that we were able to mathematically win the Scudetto with five games left to play. So even though the season's still going, we've already won the championship. Uh, we don't officially have the trophy yet, but as you guys have mentioned and as you've seen, we have been celebrating for about a month now. <laughs> uh, and, as, <laughs> and as you know, uh, us Napolitani or Italians in general, we, we don't need much of an excuse to party. So we've been partying pretty hard for, for, for you know, a pretty long period of time. Um, so that's, that's the uh, kind of history of Serie A. And if I can just go back to Napoli, going back to Serie C for a second, that wasn't because of uh, the talent or lack thereof on the team. That happened because the team actually went bankrupt. So, in order for uh, the president at the time, Ferlaino, to uh buy Maradona, who's you know, widely regarded as one of the best players ever to, to play to play soccer, he basically bankrupted the team. Like he put all his money in it. Uh, they wanted to to Scudetti, but then after that, they didn't, they didn't have the financial stability to keep going. So the team went bankrupt. Uh, it was a flow for a while, but just kind of you know middling in the in the lower Serie A, some Serie B, and then they went bankrupt. And the bankruptcy burned was Serie C. So, at that point, they had to work their their way all you know all the way back up to to Serie A, and now this year winning the title. So, to Louis's point, that was thirty three uh, hard years. It was thirty three years of sometimes like not even being relevant. We were just not even basically non-existent in in the top flight. Yeah,
1: that's a really good point. I mean, I remember very vividly the years that Napoli was relegated and, you know, Napoli is probably the fourth or fifth largest uh, fan base and ticket sales in Serie A, depending on the year. So imagine if you're thinking of the the analogy to baseball, uh, you know, uh, fourth or fifth largest teams, probably, you know, like the Anaheim Angels, maybe, or, you know, uh, I don't know, Atlanta Braves, a team that, you know, represents a major metropolitan market being sent down to like single a baseball really or at least double a baseball and uh kind of asked to win its way back up it's really kind of radical to the american sports mind you talked about how the team has already mathematically been declared the champion although the season's not over uh, the season is also kind of unique in city A because they play each other in a very organized way the schedules uh, are very standardized how long is the season? When does it start? When does it end? And uh, how many times they play each other, home and away?
0: Yeah, so there's 20 teams. You play each team twice. So it's the season starts usually at the end of August ish. Preseason starts early August, uh, and then it goes all the way until June, first of June. So there's not too much time in between where they're not playing. It's a pretty long season. There's you play, like I said, you play each team twice, once at home, once away, and then you just go through the entire schedule, almost like a a sneak. you go up and down the, the rosters or the teams i should say
3: this season has been uh unique also because we had the world cup in the middle of it and it put a pause on the season so when we came back from that we had five matches and it was a 17 days
1: yeah that's a great point this was a very unique year because the world cup in qatar was held in the winter months as opposed to the summer months uh which threw off schedule in all of these major global leagues particularly in our case, in Syria, uh, let's talk a little bit about that because I, I think if you're going to look at kind of soccer from a total perspective before we dig into Napoli's win this year in the city and the and the league itself, I think there are probably, my guess would be, more of our listeners out there who are familiar with the World Cup and the national team, the Azzurri and, you know, the Italian Pride. I think that that's an easy gateway drug into the sport, if you will. Uh, and then I think that the next sort of step is to, kind of know your team and whether or not you root or participate uh, over the course of the year-long uh, season for the league, there's not just a Scudetto, right? You win mathematically, but there's also the Italian Cup, the Super Cup, the Champions League. Can you explain to our audience kind of all of the different things you can accomplish over the course of the season? Because it does get quite confusing.
3: A lot of silverware, that's for sure. A lot of trophies that could be won. Yeah. We also had a pretty good performance this year in the Champions League, too, which is the Continental Tournament. All the best clubs from all the different leagues in Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga. So um, we did pretty well, made it to the quarterfinals. And um, this is coming, like I said earlier, off of back-to-back matches when the World Cup ended. So um, for a team that was pretty exhausted by the end of the season, we held our own. But there is absolutely a lot of different opportunities for them to win uh, silverware, to bring home trophies for the club. But for the club itself, the most meaningful one would be the Scudetto. We won the Coppa Italia a couple of times, about four or five times now. Back in 2014, we won the Supercoppa against Juventus, our rivals. Um, But like we said, it's been 33 years. That's why people in in, in, in Naples right now are going berserk. They're going bonkers. Um, This one is better than all the other, I think, victories we've had so far
1: you talk about people going bonkers uh you know i was watching looked like the team was going to win uh in a game against Salernitana, which is the team from Salerno also in Campania uh sort of a local rival if you will that's that struggled in the lower leagues for a very very long time it's nice to see them up and holding their own in Serie A and uh they've been on a decent little run lately and uh that game at the last minute went to a draw and uh The celebrations that everybody was waiting for had to be delayed yet another week until May 4th when Napoli drew against Udinese and finally got to celebrate. Everybody else was statistically eliminated, but the city had been basically decked out in championship banners for weeks going on. And I heard that the police in Naples actually had to close down access to Mount Vesuvius because there was a contingent of fans who were planning to hike to the I don't know, crater, whatever you call it, of the volcano, the mouth of the volcano, and throw in red, white and green elements, whatever that chemical elements. Flares. So this, so yeah, flares thank you. So the smoke would come out uh, in, in the tricolor to represent the tricolor shield because the Scudetto is the shield. And that's what it means, the little shield. So needless to say, the celebrations have been intense. What have you guys been hearing from Naples?
3: I, that When we scored a goal in that match against Southern Antana, it registered as a 0. 0.2 on the Richter scale. <laughs> uh, the actual earthquake registered.
1: That's amazing. And
3: yeah, they were going to recreate Mount Vesuvius erupting with using flares. So um, the park service had to close down access to the mountain. I mean, it's been incredible. People are naming their children after the players. I'm um, I, 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 speechless. I don't know how to... Guy maybe maybe you could explain more. I mean, I'm just speechless by it.
0: Yeah, so I have I still have a lot of family back in Napoli and friends, um, you know, from when I'm before I moved here to the states, and uh, they were constantly sending me videos, you know, on WhatsApp or like doing live streams of. It was just I don't even know if I call it control chaos. It was just complete chaos. It was just people um, enjoying the moments for what they were. Right. This it was just a um, and you know we talk about Vesuvius that it was an eruption really of joy uh, because this had been. Building up for so long. And the last, you know, going back to kind of a little bit of history of the team, the last 10 years, we've been a really good club. And especially the last seven, eight years, we had like real chances to win the Scudetto. And it just didn't happen for us for different reasons that we would need like six shows to explain to you why. But uh, <laughs> uh, that kind of time, uh, especially in 2018, we already thought we were going to win and it just didn't happen. So this had really been building and building and building. and you know, I don't know how much you want to go into the history of Italy, but I'm sure people are aware of the the North versus South, you know, economic, socioeconomic divide. And the reason why people want to go to the Vesuvius and, and put these flares in there is unfortunately when Napoli go on the road and play, we get kind of taunted by uh, people from the North saying, you know, that wishing basically for Vesuvius to erupt and wash us with the lava. Like that's where they go to, like, right? because we're Less than or whatever they, they it's they, a little
2: rough, isn't it, when you think about it?
0: It's very rough. Yeah, It's Paso Patrick, it's really rough. Um there's like they call they say Napoli cholera, basically saying that we have, you know, we have cholera.
2: That's
0: really classy, isn't it? The fact yeah. that a
2: city was almost wiped out multiple times <laughs> yeah. by
0: yeah, that so so we use these chants that have been used against us now. We've kind of uh owned them and we're using them as a is a positive. Uh there's actually a song that they used to sing called that. you know, they used to used to do this this uh uh, EDM song. They turn into like Vesuvia Ruta, right? They would use against us, and we've claimed it now at the stadium in Napoli. The Maradona, we they sing it every Sunday, and we at the club we do, we do it too. We put on the music and we sing, you know, Vesuvia Ruta to kind of, you know, we've owned the the hate. Uh, and so this eruption of this this build up of socioeconomic unfairness and the club getting so close but so far away and been thirty three years and being, you know, a southern team hadn't won in I don't know how long. Uh, I think since Rome did it uh, way back 2000. Yeah. 23 years. Right. So all those things culminating into this like I said, like a month long celebration and it's going to keep going all summer. So you guys just keep up because we're going to just party all summer. <laughs>
1: You know, you talk about the north-south divide, which comes up a lot on our show. Everybody knows, right. you know, 87% of the diaspora here yep. from southern roots. But to be fair, you know, the way Italy has evolved, people either in all of these different parts of the country or even people in the diaspora. I know a lot of friends of mine who have roots in the south who are fans of Juventus or Inter or AC Milan. I mean, my, my brother is a fanatical fan of Juventus, and he's my brother. And uh, sometimes I can't wrap my head around that.
0: You didn't you him with the solemn yet?
1: I, I try very hard. But to, John, that's, uh, a,
2: that's a great point. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the South who hate the Naples team as much as anyone in the North does.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'd yeah. be
2: intellectually dishonest if we didn't bring that point to light.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. A lot of Southern, Southern Italians root for Northern teams because of what we said before, a lot of the southern clubs just haven't had a lot of success. So, like, if you're a kid growing up in Calabria or in Sicilia or in Napoli even, right back when we were in Zerechi, like, what are you going to do? You're not going to watch us play, you know, on a dirt you know, field somewhere. You're going to start rooting for Juventus or Milan or whatever else. It's just how it works. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of that.
1: And when you talk about the success, let's make this relative to, to everybody out there. They've been awarding a Scudetto as the way of recognizing the best team in Italian soccer since 19... 19- Thirty was the twenty-nine thirty 30 season. Uh, in that time, if you look at the northern cities, uh, let's go by region here because I, I actually have these numbers in front of me. I knew it was lopsided. I don't know if I knew it's it was incredible. this yeah, it's lopsided. Incredible. Yeah. If you go by the regions, Piedmont, 52 championships. Uh, Lombardy, 38. Liguria, 10. Emilia-Romagna, if you probably consider that, I guess. Central, maybe. Seven. Veneto. One, between Lazio, which is home to the team Roma and the team Lazio, Campania, Naples, Tuscany, Fiorentina, and Sardinia, you're talking about 11 times. So, 11 times the teams outside of North and, you know, kind of maybe Central, if you count Bologna, have won the league 108 times. They've kept that little shield up north. So, the divide is epic. And it speaks to how historic this moment really is, right? I mean, I'm sure there are some fans in a lot of other places who are just happy to see someone who's not Juventus, Inter, or AC Milan win because they have dominated the league and won every championship for the past 23 years.
3: Yeah. You know, uh, when we won against Udinese, a lot of the flags that people were waving were Kingdom of Two Sicily flags. and. You know, there's people that are saying, you know, we're not the champions of Italy. We're champions in Italy, because even though you know we're part of the nation of Italy, we we aren't made to feel at home. I mean, you were talking about the the col- calling us cholera sufferers and cleaning the city with lava. You know, I've heard there's even a, a chant where they say uh, the dogs are barking, the flies are buzzing, the Napoli fans must be here. You know, like th- this is. <laughs> It's it, talk about discrimination. Talk, you know, we're supposed to be one people, right?
2: I mean, that's the biggest fiction that ever existed. Yeah.
3: And <laughs> I mean, true. even meta, right? That, you know. Italy's only a right. geographical term. Right. And I put that in quotes, right? But uh, many, many fans attribute this this, this unevenness to the Southern Italy, you know, having their wealth pillaged for most of the history following reunification, you know? Uh, and you see the long lasting effects of that to, to today. And I think that's partly why when Maradona won the first Scudetto back in 86, 87, why he's so widely regarded as almost a saint, a saint-like figure in, in Napoli. So um, he turned down, I mean, we signed him for, for 12 million euro. Like it bankrupted the club. It was a record, world record transfer. Um, and he turned down Barcelona's offer, double that to keep him because he wanted to play for for the underdog. So that's why when you go there, he's he's regarded as a saint.
1: Let's talk about Diego Maradona because uh, this may be a name that some of us have grown up listening to. It may be a name that's completely out of left field for others, uh, particularly if you're not a follower of the sport. I mean, if you have a rudimentary knowledge of global soccer for the past 30 years, you've probably heard of him, but this is the Argentinian star, really one of the top stars in the history of the game who comes over from Argentina. He had a very, um, I don't want to say difficult life, but his his story is is also an underdog story, and he transfers in the late eighties to Napoli, to championships. Talk about Diego Maradona, a little about his background, if you can, and what he means, what he meant in his time, and what he means now to the city of Naples.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> you hit on a lot of uh, important things already. Right? He grew up, you know, dirt poor in in, in a barrio in Argentina. Um, you know, he grew up obviously playing soccer became a huge success uh, as a as a young player in argentina played for boca juniors which is uh one of the two main clubs in in buenos aires uh and then he uh you know eventually made his way to to europe playing for barcelona and then he came he came over to play for us but uh you know what does maradona mean to the what maradona means everything to like maradona is napoli and napoli is maradona like there's murals of him everywhere. There's little like what what Louis was saying before about him being a saint. There's little shrines of Maradona all over the city. Um, wherever you go, you cannot escape Maradona. His spirit is everywhere. There's videos of him playing to this day. Uh, at the stadium, the stadium is named after him. His personality
2: was perfectly matched for Naples.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was he was uh, he was always an us against the world guy, like kind of person. And Napoli's an us against the world city and team. It's just what it is. And he even, you know, in his interviews post the first scudetto, you know, he, he famously said, "We we won this against uh, everyone and everything, right? Because not only did we have to beat the teams on the field, we had to beat the system with some of the stuff, you know, the things you guys already talked about, right? Economic uh, unfairness, refereeing scandals, and things of that nature, and not getting the calls, and there was a lot happening there where it wasn't just you beating the 11 guys in front of you on the field. There's a there's a lot more that went into that, so. You know he means everything to the city. he you know my dad, who's now passed away, but you know he would my first memories as a young person was going to the stadium to watch Maradona play. You know, his stories were um were endless, so yeah, he means everything
3: There's a famous photo after he won the scudetto that year in eighty seven that someone painted on the walls of a cemetery in Napoli and said, uh, wish you were here to have seen this." Wow, you know,
2: isn't this the first scudetto since he's died? Yeah. Yes. So do you think there was a heavenly Maradona with San Janata Held down his hand hope he I, his I, not I, it. But You know he's had, he had He had a complicated life right But that's what salvation is for Do you think that maybe He's in a better place The greatest sign he could send from the other side Is a Scudetto win
3: You need proof of how many miracles Two miracles for canonization right Pat
2: Beatification and, we gotta start out
3: okay. okay so Argentina Wins the World Cup this season
2: yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. It's
3: true. So Napoli wins the Scudetto and Barcelona wins La Liga the same year that they win the World Cup Argentina. I mean, all three of his clubs, they won. And so what are the chances of that a year or, a year or so after he dies? What, what are the chances of that?
2: That was my first thought. But I didn't want to come off as the nut job to say that. <laughs> that's the superstition. Because I, I, when that happened, I said it. I said, he's got to be on the other side. Because if the Neapolitans could canonize him, they would.
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think about traveling through Naples, even when he was still alive, because he only died last year. You know, you see San Gennaro and Maradona. And oftentimes you see them next to each other. And and you talk about, you know, there are, yeah, there are shrines, just like you'd picture the corner shrine to a Madonna or San Gennaro or whatever the local saint is in a different neighborhood in Naples. There are many, many, many of them. To Maradona, he's always pops up when we're shopping for Prosepio pieces. There's always a figure of him in a lot of these uh, artisanal shops and things like that. I mean, he, he's ubiquitous. He's everywhere, and yeah, he's he's close to deified.
2: Louis is a dear friend of mine, a very, very dear friend of mine. Um, Louis is a very pious person, and I think maybe Louis is being called to be the um, the the postulator. Of the cause of San Diego Maradona. <laughs> that might be where you're headed, Louis. Now, a lot of people think this is a whacked out conversation, but to the Neapolitans, this makes perfect sense. That's what separates the men from the boys in this conversation.
3: When you get holy cards. Can
2: you see that canonization? The canonization of Maradona?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, it... I mean,
2: listen, he, he, lived, he lived, like I said, he lived a rough life. He had a lot of demons. We don't know the state of his soul when he checked out, but I
3: don't know. There's signs from the other side. The Holy Father is Argentinian, so I think if there's ever a chance to do it, it might be now.
2: Yeah, it's true. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff that works out. You know, the best part of Naples when they won in nine eighty nine were the songs that came out of that.
3: We can talk a little bit about the music. Definitely, the music.
2: So- I think to, to me, that's the best part of Neapolitan soccer because it's 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 Naples' love for soccer and Naples' intrinsic gift of being the best musicians in the world comes together.
0: Yeah, we uh, we played a lot of those songs uh, again at our celebrations. Uh, you know the Nino D'Angelo songs, the, the Pino Daniele songs. We we were rocking those uh, at every club meet, post game, halftime, pre game to hype us up. Uh, yeah, we we reached back to the '80s and early '90s to to, to kind of go back and and uh, you know again it just goes back to our roots too. You know, a lot of us are first generation, second generation, third generation, you know, Napolitani or not, Italians who just happen to be Napoli fans or just Americans who happen to be Napoli fans and, and being able to reach back into that musical history connects. I can speak for myself. Louis I'm probably sure I could speak for you, you know, keeps me connected to, to, to home. Right. For me. Cause I, I came here when I was 11. And where, where were you from? I'm from 40 Grotta, So I grew up oh, five wow. minutes from from the stadium. Wow, That's so, like the most, I mean, you can't, yeah. you
2: kind of, you kind of got like the, the, that's like as Neapolitan as it comes.
0: Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, the the home games when on the off chance we weren't able to make it because my dad had to work or whatever. It was not even, it made no sense to even listen to the game on the radio or watch it on TV because I would hear the reactions of the fans before I even saw it or heard it on the radio. So we would just go off, you know what happened in the game just by listening to the crowd. That's how close I was to the stadium.
1: Um, I can only imagine what it's like living in the shadow of uh, Stadio Maradona now. What used to be Stadio San Paolo. It's no. it's so central to the identity of the city. So if Gaetano, you came over here at eleven with a deep passion for your local team in every sense of the word. Louis, how long has your family been here? What's your what brought you to the to the Napoli soccer team?
3: Oh, well, my father's side is, is Napoli Don. My mother's from Cuba, so she doesn't really understand this soccer calcio stuff at all um but uh, when I was a kid my pops would take me to this uh coffee shop near our house here and in the back was a gift stand you know they would sell cornicellos and, and jerseys and stuff but there was a little blue do- uh, donkey with the Napoli emblem on it and my pops would tell me oh that's that's our club that's where the family's from and that's where you're going to be a fan of since I was a kid and um I've stuck with it stuck with it ever since wow you yeah. know
2: can I ask you guys a question? Are you not getting flooded with Johnny-come-latelys? Like pe- and I've, I've noticed that in the Italian community in northern New Jersey since the Naples victory, or as Naples approached victory, people had, A, no interest in soccer, or, B, who had rooted for other teams uh, all okay in the north, all of a sudden became patriotic at the 11th hour. <laughs> are you weeding them out? Because they should be weeded out. i gotta, and called call the Johnny-come-latelys that they are. Carpetbears. I, really.
0: I, I don't know what you noticed. I've I have not noticed that at our at our meetups and our watch parties. Uh, there's there has been some new faces that were not at the earlier meetups. You know when we're, the season was just getting started. So there might be some of that. But honestly, uh, Pat, we are uh, an all inclusive mm-hmm. fan base. Mm-hmm. We are a, a niche team, and we are there to teach everybody about our history of the club, and we, we'll we'll rejoice with anybody. So come one, come all. We don't you know. I hear you. Usually I, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't really like the bandwagon fan, but a, anybody can turn into a Napoli fan here in the United States. I'm all for it. Now, let me ask you,
2: how are you treated
0: by the club in
2: Naples? The actual. I know they have like associated fan organizations. Do they appreciate that you across the oceans have such a, a love and affection for this team and this city that you don't live in now?
0: I don't. I don't think they do. Uh, it's a great question. Thanks for asking. I, the The president of the club, uh, Aurelio De Laurentiis, um who I who I actually admire a lot for what he's done to the club, and I, I'll never speak a bad word about him as a as a club owner. What I will say is that he, what he says and what he actually does as far as uh, fans of Napoli in the United States are two completely different things. He speaks a good game about how he appreciates the millions of fans outside of Napoli and especially in the United States, and he's from you know he's always he's in the U.S. a lot because he's a movie director. That's shot his uncle, correct? Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. You know, and how he wants to connect to the fans here, but then there's no, there's no action. Like we are completely on an island. Everything we do, we do on our own. Every, you know, any promotion, any, you know, a uh, growing of the club, any merchandise, any of that stuff, we do, we do completely on our own. There's no connection to the club at all.
3: Yeah, I, I will say though that this season we've seen growth. I mean, there's Napoli clubs now in. Philadelphia, in Washington D.C., and there's a New York City Napoli club, and there's a New Jersey Napoli club that are not associated with us. That are just two other clubs. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: that's yeah, that's that's so Italian. Yeah, 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 Yeah. exactly. And
3: there's a Toronto club. I mean, so we are growing, and I think eventually we're going to get the attention of them. I mean, Serie A came a couple of times to Ribalta in New York to watch some of the matches with us this season, Roma match, the Juventus match. So um, I think it's just a matter of time before. They start realizing they have such a fan base here.
0: Yeah, and that's why we also appreciate so much you guys having us on because it's through outlets like this one that the, you know, more the more people hear about our story and our you know our tri-state Napoli club and hopefully that gets back to you know SSC Napoli and, and we start getting some recognition. Not for nothing, I don't you know. Listen, I don't. We're gonna be fans regardless, but it would be nice for to to get a shout every once in a while. <laughs>
1: What does the Napoli club do? Like, you know, like Pat said, I was reading, again, an interesting article because there are associated fan clubs in Italy. And I guess there was sort of a a tense uh, standoff between the official fan club uh, of the Naples fans and the team going into the uh, latter weeks and the uh, unfortunate end of the Champions League run for Naples around ticket pricing and stuff. And it was a very kind of tense moment, almost like a union strike Uh, That was impending. But these clubs internationally, because the diaspora, you know, is as big as the population of Italy is. So there's clubs and supporters of all different teams uh, around the world. But uh, in this case, what do you guys do uh, to celebrate your love of the team, to organize fandom, to to make the game and the sport accessible to people? What's the mission statement of the Tri-State Napoli Club?
0: Yeah, so if I can, just maybe even give you a little bit of background on how this started, um, which was not too long ago, believe it or not. Um, so about a year ago or so, um, I was at home. I live in Morris County, New Jersey, uh, watching a Napoli game with my wife and kids. And, you know, I had started making some connections through social media and Twitter with other Napoli fans, which I didn't know Napoli fans even existed in New Jersey. You know, it was, you know, it was a thing. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, it'd be cool to like start watching games with people that like are like-minded and care about this club as much as I do, right? Or um, something along those lines. So I started connecting with people. There's people in the area. I was like, hey, listen, why don't you guys come over next week? We'll watch the game and you know, we'll have, I'll get some bagels and coffee. We'll hang out. Bagels and coffee? Bagels and Yeah, I know. Listen. That's
2: I- the most unknown. <laughs> <laughs> that's I know, like, I know. <laughs> I'm a I, Mr. Napoli. I come up from I don't live. I don't yeah. live in an area oh, where. You are, <laughs> that's the most. I thought I'd get a By Donald. <laughs> you've gone over to the dark side. Was I was waiting very... here. He was making a pot of gravy, frying meatballs. That's <laughs> something against bagels. I mean, it's just not... It's not. I can't... I don't have the... I mean, what do you put? Like, prosciutto, mortadella, mozzarella? <laughs> I mean, what do you put on the bagels?
0: It was a prosciutto, fresh mozzarella, and basil, and balsamic bagel. No, so I was it was a nine o'clock game to start, so I'm not getting like you know, uh, chicken colored sandwich. I mean, I guess you could. If you invite but,
2: me over to watch this game, I'll bring the sphere out. I'm not going to impute that on you. So
0: in my area, so it was a very impromptu thing in Morris County where I live. It's not easy to like go find a nice bakery or a spot to get. I some got plenty
2: candy. of places. Don't worry, Tano, that's an issue. I got, I got the we'll drive talk, by guy. We'll
0: talk. We'll talk after. So, so now that I got roasted by Patrick, rightfully so, by the way. <laughs> um. So it's me and two other guys just literally watching this game. And I was like, guys, wouldn't it be cool if we, like, started a Napoli club? But, like, it was completely random, right? And I'm like, we're watching this game, and I'm rambling on about, like, yeah, we can go here, we can go there, we can get this guy, this guy, whatever. And the guys are like, by the halftime, they're like, tune me out. I'm, like, talking to myself about this, right? So I'm like, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, do it, do it. So long story short, we go from three dudes on a couch uh, watching Napoli with, within six months, you know, with the help of a lot of people. You know, we've we went to Ribalta. Now we're at Songenapoli and Napoli in, in Rutherford. We paired up with other groups. We literally had, you know, we're watching games with like three hundred people at a restaurant within six months. Songenap uh, was worth it for the pizza. Songenap was amazing. If, if Cheeto, you're not
2: into soccer, yeah, go to the go to the events
0: anyway, and the pizza. Yes.
2: and I'm picky.
0: Yes, their pizza is good. And as good as the pizza is, their owner Cheeto is even a better person. The guy's amazing. He's completely opened the doors to us. Like he literally gave me the keys. We went to a, a nine o'clock game, and he's like, "Dude, I can't make it. Here the keys. You go in. You do what you gotta do, and then put them under the the mat at the end, and then go home." He's like, "All right, no problem." Yeah. So the guy's been, you know, we've kind of just built this community that, again, is just so amazing. I've made some lifelong friends. I gotta be honest with you, guys that I talk to all the time, their kids hang out with my kids. It's it's transcended uh, soccer to a, to where now we just are friends, like family, like legit. Like we want to talk about the most Napolitano thing ever. We've gone from being strangers on social media to people traveling from. All over North America and Canada to meet with us and watch games, and we talk about like like real life stuff. Uh, It's it's been truly amazing. And uh, so what we do is you know to answer your original question, circle back. We we get together, we watch games, but um, it's more than that. We're we're starting. We're trying to do some charity stuff to to donate to St Jude's. Hopefully, Uh, we're trying to do a big like summer bash uh, at the end of the summer. City of
2: Naples is plenty of charity. There's plenty of opportunities in the city of Naples, and that's really nice that you guys are doing that because there's so. Yeah, you know it's nice. You know Naples. Um, it's so funny, Guy Tanya, You should bring this up because I spoke with someone yesterday, an Italian American who wasn't really connected with Italy things. Um, hundred percent genetically, half their sides from Campania. They don't know where, but they always they always said like where people say, oh, where you're from Naples, right? That was the generic term for for Campania, and they went out of their way yesterday to tell me, oh. I went to Naples when I was in Italy last year, and I can tell you it's a total dump. I mean, they did a total hatchet job on Naples. I'm like, you can't, there's so much more to Naples than what you saw. You know, it's a complicated place. It's a place that it's been the victim of a lot of, of itself and a lot of things that's inflicted in history. There is crime, but there's, it's also the most exploding place for tourism in Europe right now. John, what did they get? 11 million tourists last year?
1: Yeah yeah up from like under 4 million the year before
2: there's so much in naples i mean we always sing this song about how much we love naples but you know for the parts of naples that have suffered it's it's really great to think that you guys are out to do charity cuz there's so much good to be done
0: that's one of the things we're really excited about and uh then we're we're trying to do and we'll keep you guys posted we're trying to do a big uh summer end of summer barbecue/ slash, uh music thing uh in the tri state we're going to have a
2: this barbecue pulled pork and coleslaw no, the no, Fable no, thing has me very yeah, scared, I'm, I'm not our, gonna lie to you.
0: One of our board members, uh, Daniel Nizzardini, is actually opening up a spot in uh, nayak He's gonna bring up his pizza oven. We'll we'll do it right. We'll do it right. Um, so we're we're also inviting like different clubs, different teams. So the AC Milan New York club is coming. The Roma club is coming. Juventus club is coming. Serie A actually is probably gonna come. So we're trying to like kind of bridge the gap a little bit and and uh, you know have it be a big uh, celebration of of what it means to be an Italian soccer fan, not just be a Napoli fan. So those are the things that we work on, but on a day-to-day, we just kind of organize meetups and watch parties for for the games. I got to ask you another
2: question. Sure. Gaetano, you, you actually coming from Italy, right? As a pre-adolescent. There's a lot of Americans, because I mean, I think one big difference with America is we have a lot of sports and Italy basically has one. Yep. What is the difference between the crazed out Napoli fan and the crazed out American football or, or baseball or hockey fan. What's the cultural difference in being a fan in those two countries?
3: Pat, you know, before this season started, the Ultras in, in, in Napoli, they stole the coach's Fiat Panda car. <laughs> and, and it was stolen and held ransom. And mess, the message was written on one of the walls in Napoli saying, uh, you can have the car back if you leave because they were mad at him for selling all our star players. I'm glad he didn't leave because uh, we wouldn't have won. But I think when you're talking about the difference in, in fans, it's soccer, Calcio is like religion. It's like religion over there. You know, people take it incredibly seriously.
0: So being a fan of Napoli, it goes way beyond being a fan of what's happening on the soccer field. Yes, that's very, very important. But when we win, when we won this title, we beat Every like we beat everyone, we didn't just beat everyone on the field, we beat everyone and everything. Like for me, it was so emotional. And somebody asked me this the other day, What if you could use one word to describe what this means to you? And I said, Um, uh, redemption that was the word I used redemption for the club right, itself, right? That's a season, Napoli coming from Sanichi, like we talked about already, and making all the way back to, to winning the Scudetto. But more, I think, almost more importantly, redemption for the city. Uh, because it does get a bad rap and people don't really know it for what it really is. And for us to be able, for this, for the success that the team had to be able to then show people what Napoli, the city is. And for so many people around the world going to Napoli because of the soccer team. And now people like, as you guys said, right, 11 million tourists, and it's only going to keep growing. Like, there's New York times articles, CNN uh, productions on Napoli. Now, everybody wants to be in Napoli. Um that's the word I would use. It's it's a redemption. It's a feel. It's like, look, I'm a huge Giants fan, here in the United States, a football fan. And when the Giants won the Super Bowls, I like was very excited. I lost my mind. This was like an outer body, like spiritual experience. Like we, like the team didn't win. We won. Like we won. We are like when people say we for sports teams, like they use it very loosely. When it comes to Napoli, and again, Louis, please you know feel free to, to to disagree, but I think you would agree. We really like we won. The people won. The Napoletani won. The Tifosi won. Because we are, it's so much more, man. I don't even know how to describe it. It makes me emotional thinking about it. When we actually clinched um, the Scudetto against Udinese, I like curled up in a corner of the restaurant and I cried for like 30 minutes, like real tears, like sobbing, um, thinking about all the hardships, thinking about how we're always looked at as second-class citizens, thinking about all the people that had to leave, like myself. And I'm getting emotional now, so excuse me. Um, thinking about my dad, who's not here anymore. <clears throat> All those emotions. And it's like nothing I can ever experience like the birth of my children and then like this championship. Like and it's not it's kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of close. Now, is your wife Italian? No, my wife is as American as it gets. Uh, my wife is from Morristown, New Jersey, born and raised here. Uh, but she's all in like she's helps me organize the events. My kids come to all the events as as Louis could tell you uh she makes it possible because you know being married with two kids a full-time job and everything else it's not easy so don't let her hear that she's gonna freak out when you said that no, i
2: already told her i already i already told her after, after told the birth me. of your children that this that was the most beautiful day of your life well I told her, it probably I told is her. we'll lie for you we're, we're the guys are all on your side we'll cover Just <laughs> don't make our lives what podcast if she asked oh we'll <laughs> uh
0: yeah it's true you guys asked me in my honest opinion that's that's what it felt like it was an outer body, incredibly. And even now, if I like, I'll play a song in the car, I'll just start crying. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly emotional.
3: Yeah. You you could, you could ask Joey Vitale. He was with me that night when I was just sobbing every time I heard uh, Pino Daniele or like any anything. Like I, I still, 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 still get emotional. I told my fiance, I want to name our daughter if we have one, Azura. You know, I want to name her after, her. I want to name her after. Her. Or or if it's a, a boy, you know, named name after uh, Spalletti, you know, Luciano. I don't, but um, she's not a big fan of that, but it's it's almost religious.
1: Yeah, it is. It's amazing. And I think Pat points out, you know, we have so many teams and so many sports and you know, obviously racing and uh, biking and all these different things are popular in Italy and, and small sports too, but uh, there's nothing that comes close to the national attention that uh, soccer gets and I'm fascinated, Uh, you talk about the growth in your numbers with the club, and you said you've had, you have hundreds of people, so as we draw to a close, if you've got hundreds of people coming out, what's the division of those participants between people like yourselves who have grown up fans, maybe came to this country, or your parents came, and how how many people are you drawing in that are seeing and experiencing this for the first time?
0: A, A good amount, actually. You know, a good amount. There's not a lot of people that were like like myself, born in Naples. There's a lot of like second generation, you know, whose parents have been here for a while. There's a lot of people that are far, far you know, further uh, removed from being from Italy. And there's people that have nothing to do with Italy or Napoli at all, the city. They just become Napoli fans, and they're you know American as they ca- as they come, and they just have fallen in love with our passion um, with the city because they've visited or they've listened to our stories. And they're almost as you know more fanatical than than we are, and that's really the beautiful thing about our, our tri-state soccer Napoli club, is that um, we have kids that come, we have grandparents that come, we have women that come, we have people that have no idea about soccer that come. They are just like it's become like I said before, it's been it's become really one big family. We've got people like you know Louis bringing drums, uh, you know huh. <laughs> you, you can't hear yourself think. Uh, we're shooting off flares. We got like you know banners three stories tall, you know, downtown. It's, 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 it's complete madness. None of it makes sense. Uh I, I try not to rationalize it anymore. It's just, I started as a little club and it's turned into like a, a really crazy place, which I love. So.
1: There's nothing rational about being a fan. That's for <laughs> sure. Which is great. Which is, you know what, like you live so much of your life in the rational realm. Sometimes it's nice to have something that is just devotional, like fandom is. And, you know, I became casual fan. I'm not, uh, as as dedicated as you guys are by any stretch of the imagination growing up with my grandfather he had come over in the 20s when he was a kid but he always had an interest i think he just had an interest in all things italian he he's make us watch the world cup and i remember when the world cup was in italy in 1990 i was seven eight and uh he was obsessive about it we had all the gear for the italian national team and of course that was the same years that uh maradona was uh was uh, approaching sainthood or or at least beatification as Pat said (laughs) in Naples in his playing days and I was just able to sort of follow through the years and you know watch on the Italian broadcast whatever it is but I will say nowadays you know I was listening in one of the games I think it was the Selenitana game uh, I had my daughter with me and we were watching and I thought you know she's a year and a half I'm gonna share this with her we watched on Paramount Plus and I watch on Paramount Plus with my uh, in-laws uh, on Sunday macaroni, or whenever we're there, and uh, the production quality is great. The commentary is great. It's really a good time to dive in if you're even remotely interested, because barriers to entry are gone. It's not like it used to be where it's hard to follow, and you know the websites. it's on the the athletic covers it, and the ESPN covers it, and and one of the commentators on that game was saying it's hard to dispute that. Right now, Serie A is the best league in the world. And if you think about how many Italian teams have progressed in the Champions League and where international play is, it's, it's true. So it's a great time to dive in and become a fan of uh, Serie A. And uh, if, if the fever catches you right now, it's a great time to become a fan of Napoli. And uh, if somebody were to express some interest in becoming part of the Tri-State Club, how would they find you guys?
0: Yeah, so we're uh, all over social media Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at uh, try, T R I underscore Napoli Club. We have a pretty good following on both Twitter and Instagram. I think we have about 1,500, 1,600 followers, which is pretty good for something that started. So uh, listen, like I said before, we welcome all. We love to have you, uh, whether you are never watched a soccer match in your life or you've been watching Napoli or Serie A for the last you know, 80 years we just eat we drink we party we watch soccer we talk and we hang out and then we try to have bigger events so we if i could just plug one thing we're we're trying to do for june 4th which is the last uh day of the season which will be yet another celebration and excuse to party uh so <laughs> with along with chiro who's the owner of san we are actually in the process of renting out uh buses and a yacht at uh, on, H- on the Hudson River which will fit about 300 people we'll be selling tickets uh so look out for that and it's going to be a day-long parade of buses and then we'll get on a boat it'll be a DJ. we'll 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 have some adult beverages uh and we'll dance and party and celebrate what it is to be uh a Napoli fan and just a fan overall or just a person that wants to party um yeah so we'll love to have you guys if you guys are around but uh anyone that's listening uh feel free to, to join us we'll be releasing information again shortly again it's at tri try underscore Napoli club
1: that's awesome and there's no better place to celebrate Neapolitan style than out on the water. That's for it's sure. A, right? Well, exactly.
0: Exactly right. Yeah, you can close
1: your eyes and you can try to haze out the the cityscape of New York and think of the beautiful Bay of Naples and that wonderful amphitheater like uh, natural venue that that uh, God so luckily blessed on the Neapolitan. So I think it was Emperor Frederick II said uh, God must not have seen uh, the south of Italy because he would not have promised uh, Israel, Palestine to the chosen people, and I think that uh, he's absolutely right it's a beautiful yep. beautiful slice of the world that is in a revelrous cacophonous celebration right now and and will be hopefully for quite some time and so uh well, John those I, want, of you out the, yeah,
2: I just want to say how impressed I am you know I give you a lot of hard time since you came out of the Sicilian closet and you've embraced all things Sicilian to see how excited you are with a Naples victory It's given me <laughs> faith again in you. Um, uh, I, you, <laughs> I, I know that you're really, really happy about a Naples victory. I'm a little afraid you'd be an even a little bit more happier for a Palermo victory.
1: It's going to be a long time before anybody has to think about that.
2: But at least today I saw little signs of recovery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst. And, let, you me, let, me, let me lay this out right now. So I grew up in a, watching Naples more than any other team. Uh, my mom always kept up with what was going on with palermo we had i remember in our kitchen we had the stem and we had the the uh, blue circle with N for Napoli and the pink and black shield with the eagle for palermo they were in our kitchen with our saints uh <laughs> above our our kitchen our family uh sort of the center of our home obviously I, I always rooted for both and uh and frankly i've always rooted for all southern teams because you know my dad's side is province of salerno and salernitana is now uh sort of a stable presence that we'll, as looks like for next year. And uh, so I, I do. I root for the Southern teams. There's a couple of Southern teams coming up next year, right? Who Who's being uh, promoted up from the South?
0: So, uh, what is it? Benevento might be coming
1: Benevento, up. yep, that's B- right. Uh,
0: body has got a chance to come up. I think if all things play out the way that they look like they will, we'll have the most Southern teams in Serie A in the, like, the last, maybe ever. I don't have that off the top of my head, but certainly in the last 20, 30 years.
1: Wow, well that'll be an that'll be a whole other episode as we say around here. Listen, be...
0: any anytime you guys want me on to talk about soccer or Napoli or the South, you let me
1: know. I'm in. That's, that sounds like things <laughs> we're all interested in. Well, we <laughs> gotta make I... sure,
2: Gaetano, there's no more bagels for the soccer game.
1: <laughs> we gotta get
2: that's... that Listen, I almost had a heart those,
0: attack. Those that are Mar- bagels. Uh, tell her hammock and cheese with mean, the salt and pepper early in the morning. That's a, that's as a Jersey
1: problem. as it gets. That's right. That's Jersey. That is real Jersey. Come that's on. Mars
2: that's Mars County. That's Mars County. <laughs>
1: Well, needless to say, it, whether no matter what you're having to celebrate, I'm glad that you guys get to celebrate this uh, long-overdue championship. Really, really want to thank you guys for being on here. And if you're out there looking for something new to explore, this is the time to become a fan of, uh, of soccer in Italy, of Naples, and uh, maybe even a member of the Tri-State Napoli Club. We will do our best to be out there with you guys uh, on the Hudson to celebrate the end of the season and hopefully... We'll see you guys out there too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. For Sanapoli. You want your life <laughs> to be great. See that you're born in Italy, and your
2: life will be great. See that you're born in Italy,
0: and your life will be